you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Helen! I am nowhere near as cool as you. Let me see if I can get a backdrop besides my incredibly cluttered office here. It's almost Halloween. I dressed up. I should have done so. I... Let's see. I think we've already had the leaves. What do I want here? How about Doctor Who? Old time Doctor Who, maybe? So trivia. Guess what I was drinking earlier? Carillion brandy. Whatever uh, Scotty said to get. <laughs> or, go ahead. <laughs> no, this is Picard. I was drinking tea. Earl Grey, hot. Earl Grey, hot. Exactly. Out of the transmogrifier, whatever that thing is <laughs> called. Wow. Up universes there, aren't we? <laughs> you do not. I have hardly any real, like, authentic costumes. I have a Doctor Who scarf, but I don't have the entire Tom Baker gig, nor for any Doctor. And same with, I don't have a Star Trek uniform. I don't have a Star Wars Boba Fett outfit. Yeah. I just have never done the full thing. Yeah, so. I. This is really all I have. <laughs> there we go. But and, I got you know, a good and, costume for Ween, so... Very good. Colleen and I have, we think we figured out what we're going to be. Sometimes we've been separate. This time we're going to try to do a team costume. And we have a thing always going on. You know, what? how can I spend $3.50 on this? You know what I mean? We tend to not, I've never rented, well, maybe I have, I think I might have rented like a bunny suit at one time because I went as Harvey Milk and I had to dress up as a big invisible rabbit, if you will. But Puka, uh, is that? The one idea... I had was take a bunch of Smarties candies and put them all over my pants for Smarty pants. Smarty pants, exactly. That. <laughs> that's pretty low, low key. But you could eat it it's, while you're sitting there. What's funny? That's worth so again for folks who are like not as in the know. The reason that Halloween and it's Halloween with an M is really cool is because it's a big regional gathering for Mensa and it's in Chicago, which is a, a very like wonderful welcoming tons of activities tons of quality people mensa group and they've been having this little gathering on halloween weekend for like 45 years now i think it might be 44 or 45 and one of the highlights because it is halloween weekend is because it's got a big costume parade and instead of it just being hey dress up however you want one of the real themes they do is it should be a pun of some kind and so the endless creativity of crazy smart people, like I've been going since early 90s, so I'm coming up on 30 years out of this thing. And how many, it's just amazing. Not only the, every year you'll have someone with a box of Wheaties and a knife in it, a serial killer. And, and, but the kinds of attention to detail that goes into, someone shows up as a member of the board and they really have, LED lights running on them and an ocular thing that really looks like it's implanted in their skull and stuff like that. So just the skill that people put into these things and also just the big laugh of having a pun that is just obscure enough that you don't get it without a lot of thought. But then when you get it, the crowd really appreciates, okay, that's just so 
wordplay witty, obscure as hell. It's I, that's a, a reference to the second doctor or something like yeah. that. Who knows? The, the, the harder you know to figure it out, but knowing there's a solution, those are always the ones everyone likes because they remember. And this wouldn't even get two glances. It's, yeah, okay, everybody knows Star Trek. We all have uniform. Who cares? I mean, so. See, what's funny is they even take that and run with it. They had a guy come out with the appropriate Klingon head ridges and stuff like that and carrying a little tackle box and I am Fisherman's Wharf. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> with that's different. gravelly voice and stuff. Yeah. And I just, I love that they just don't leave well enough alone. I, we had one guy that came multiple years in a row with, he would always have the Grim Reaper type skull and stuff like that. But instead of just being the hood and the scythe, he'd have like Hawaiian shirt on. And that would be Death Takes a Holiday. And they had one time he had like a whole working, so to speak, uh, microwave on his head. And he opened the thing and you can see him in there. And that was Death Warmed Over. And just <laughs> he ran with this theme for years and so incredibly witty. You know what I mean? Really right. wonderful. Mine, I'm not going to give it away all yet. And I didn't make it all uh, i'm just not I, I like to do things but i'm just not going to spend 50 hours on a costume i got a good one and it's a good idea but it also could use a really good voice changer which went down the rabbit hole of huh i wonder if there's a voice changer program i could run on the raspberry <laughs> pi and i wonder if i could program it to make it custom for my suit my, my outfit that's where right. I'll spend the time. I'll spend the 50 hours on a voice changer that fits my costume. Exactly. I, this is at least twice, no lie, it's happened where you had this wonderful barrage of creativity. So in the car on the way home, we always do our little, let's talk about, oh, we met our good friends and we had this nice conversation and we did good in quiz bowl and whatever else it might be. And then you start talking about, oh, we had look at all these great costumes. What's next year's theme? And we'll be like riffing in the car and we'll come up with a really good idea. When do we execute that good idea? About two days to go out of the <laughs> intervening 365 days. Right. That can just be so funny about we really, it's going to be a good idea. We both want to do it. Sometimes we put a lot of work into it and it really shows. And other times it was just like, what do we have around the house? Staple that together. Make sure the staples don't go into you. That's the goal. You know, I did that for years with my kids. It there was many a time where it's like, oh man, we have a week to Christmas quick. Let's run out and get the, <laughs> but right. there, as they got a little older, I started doing more of getting things throughout the year. We were somewhere and I saw something where they really liked something or whatever. But then I ran into the opposite problem where I'd take it and I'd hide it up in the closet. And then the 23rd, 24th, when I'm wrapping presents, I'd wrap it all, put it under the tree. And then March, I'd say, oh, crap, I got that stuff in the closet. I forgot, I forgot the stuff I pre-bought. Exactly. Yeah. How many times <laughs> we celebrated Christmas in March? I really love, again, it, it's the geekery of all this is so much what I enjoy. There's so much. I love the fact that people will go, I don't know, I'm around 63 years. It's fair game to go back 20 and 40 and 60 years, something that I was watching as a Saturday morning cartoon. When I was growing up, there are still people that will remember the Herculoids or Tom and Jerry or, and if you make a reference, sometimes it's not only that it was a, a good thing. It was like, oh man, I haven't thought about that in forever. And it's really nice to just summon that too, that so many Mensons have 
really amazing memories. They're all Jeopardy champions. And it's just very nice to be able to say, I just a song I haven't heard in 30 years, and yet here's the lyrics. Here's a costume from what was uh, Tom Selleck on before Magnum PI? Oh, you, oh my God, you got you. that kind of stuff. I just love it. I just love that incredible level of as you, as people come up on stage, you have that exposure of can I get the pun while they're walking to the mic? And yell it out. But it's, I sometimes also, I take pictures of everything. And then I used to, when I was consulting to Ameritech for a long time, the Monday after Halloween was always like, 10 people having lunch together because they wanted to hear all the jokes from the joke off, which before the internet, when now everybody hears every joke in like immediately, it used to be that you could hear good jokes during the course of the year and accumulate them and spring them on an audience. And if you were a good joke teller, it wasn't only a matter of, do you hear the joke? Did you tell a joke? It's also, how can you do the voices? Can you make it so that there's that little suspense before you give the punchline? And I don't know. And then of course, the litany of all the costumes People were like Surrey with a fringe on with a fringe on top. That's fantastic. No, it's furry with a syringe on top and things like that. Yeah. Golly, one year, one year as like a, the lunch bag of Notre Dame. You know what I mean? I just it, it, to just to start. I went one year as Hootie and the Blowfish, and people still compliment me on a costume from 20, 25 years wow. ago because it was well executed at a big explosion of laughter. You know what I mean? It was we've had so much fun doing it. So that's Tim, the program. I love the programs, which usually have very inventive, creative titles and very, it's such an eclectic mix of everything. You go and you can learn about the history of tea, and then you can learn how to knit, and then you learn about Shackleton's expedition to the Arctic, and then you talk about sociopolitics in the 1600s. Just pick what you like, and, or think that. that you're just, hey, let's see what this is. I, the way I often refer to it is, I just love hearing smart, passionate people talk about what they're passionate about. I mean, they're probably experts, but it isn't even, it isn't that only they know about it. Almost always, there's some people in the audience that have quite a bit of knowledge, yeah. and they don't just, you know how some people ask a question so they can show off how much they know. Instead, people are like, from what I read, it was this, and not as a challenge, but as a way of opening up another part of discussion. And 80% of the time, the Q&A is a really fascinating thing to hang out for instead of being oh, God, this guy's going to drone on, or this guy's going to try to take over. The, it just, I really, I don't spend enough time in hospitality, like interacting with my friends, because I keep looking at my program going, oh, I got to see the skunk yeah. thing. I got to see the teeth thing. Yeah. Well, else it might be. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing a live podcast. I was thinking about that. I've got two mm-hmm. things to do for that. So I've got, are you ready for this? My, what old, I ate camera that my parents got for me when the kids were born i've got cartridges <laughs> so i'm going to set that up to record us and okay. then vicky's go have my camera and i'm going to do a live facebook stream of our thing right then so it'll be on facebook but i'm going to take the high eight and turn that into the episode that so yeah i hopefully that'll cover it now <laughs> the high eight it's got to be plugged in because the battery's the only thing bad on it but it does transfer pretty good, so it gets pretty good results. Wonderful. It, it just that that'll be in near real time. We'll post that soon thereafter, and I, hopefully, like one of the joys of doing these kinds of things, it won't just be you and I. It'll be there'll be that wonderful hum of the audience. You know what I mean? There'll be people yelling things out. We'll ask for that kind of stuff. What do you yeah. think about this? It'll be fun to do that with, and I, I, 
one of the joys, we, I, as I mentioned, we, Colleen and I, we went to a wedding this weekend all the way in Tonica, Illinois, which is like halfway up the state and in the middle. And so it was a big drive, probably seven, seven, eight hours. What do you do on a long drive? You brainstorm things like, hey, what kind of stuff is reunited, but it feels so good. So we rampaged all over movies and music and all the kind of stuff. And I, I will already give my attribution here just to the thing. This isn't only just me. Colleen thought of a lot of good ones, but I'm going to throw them out there. And hopefully it'll just be all that riffing that's going to get the audience going, oh, yeah, that happened too. And right. I'm, I don't know. We will have no problems at all filling an hour. No, <laughs> not at all. And I've got a couple I wrote down that I like that struck me. Oh, yeah, this is a good exactly a good time thing, something to remember yeah. and all I'm that. I have stuff on my laptop my phone to be like prompting me so that we don't miss some of the, what I think are some of the really good ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just it, I don't know. It's a great topic. Some, that thing of, I, there's even a whole, like a genre of how are they going to regather the Brady Bunch for one last Christmas special? How are they going to, and the ones that have happened or the ones that like, Oh, everybody wants Firefly. Why aren't they bringing, you know what I mean? And everybody wants the Beatles reunion. Oh, we're too down. That's yeah. never going to happen. And I don't mean to be stealing our thunder. It's going to be like that, though, of things that have really happened. The why not? And it'll just be fun to go through that. The it's Some part of it is nostalgia. Some part of it is a triumphant return. They still got stories to tell. We just made a reference to Picard earlier. Man, that show is pretty good for Star Which Trek. The next generation having been superseded by three, four, five other Star Treks since then. But those characters really are indelibly stamped on the geek crowd and it's very nice to see how they've been able to bring people in the what happened after the voyage of the starship enterprise that was their five-year mission and that kind of thing so i'm sure we'll have fun yeah yeah it's gonna be great and then we got pretentious drinking and exactly. so many the uh, so many other activities i don't know are they doing the dance and karaoke and stuff again i didn't see I, that I, I think so I, I if i remember right it's after pretentious drinking, and I think we go from 8 to 9.30, if I remember right. So yeah. I think it immediately, after people have had a chance to get there, by the way, it's five shots this year, not four. So it's actually one more little bit of liquid courage to get you out there on the dance floor. <laughs> and I got a nice, a good budget. We have leftovers from previous years. I always go and get all kinds of new stuff. Hats off to Benny's Beverage Depot, because they're such a great source for, I don't know, the best concentration of liqueurs and cordials in Chicago, so far as I've been able to. By scooping it out multiple years and keep, is any place going to unseat Benny's close enough to our venue that it's worth doing hours of drive? No, Benny's is nice and close and it's great. So that's, I'm really well, looking forward to that one. That's such a fun event. Hey, th this isn't as eclectic as uh, some of the liqueurs and stuff, but uh, I got a couple Oktoberfest beers just to, for the season. But I saw one the other night and I'm like, okay, I just have to get it. It was Pumpkinville Latte craft beer it was pumpkin beer with signature coffee and special locally grown ingredients in a grow house type ingredient so i it actually i was like this is a lot better than i thought it was going to be i thought it was gonna suck and i was going to pawn off most of them but it was a almost chocolatey flavor because of the coffee but it was like it was like a chocolatey pumpkin flavor almost. So okay. I was like, wow, that's 
actually a lot better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's funny to have coffee and alcohol involved. Let's let the stimulant and the depressant fight it out inside you. And let the bipolar out, bipolar personalities just love all that. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to lower your inhibitions, and I'm going to keep you on your feet for longer, so right. you can embarrass yourself even more fully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went and saw Amsterdam. That is out. Okay. I don't know if you've seen the trailers for this or anything. So is it a sequel to In Bruges? You know I, what I mean? Long ago, Colin... Farrell and Cole Meany, are those the guys that are in it? They made a very interesting, okay, please tell me about it then. I think I've seen a trailer and I was like, I thought it was those same guys, but maybe it's the story. Christian Bale, Robo, Robo, uh, Margot Robbie, and the cast is just huge and eclectic. Taylor Swift is in it for a bit. Interesting. Um, De Niro. It's just uh, Ed Begley Jr. Um, But it starts off, and watching the trailer, it comes across as like a vaudevillian comedy. Just it looked hijinks and antics is what the trailer looked like. It it wasn't quite that. The humor was a very subtle humor throughout the whole thing. And most of it was Christian Bale. He was just phenomenal in it. But it's, it starts off the very first thing on screen. It says, "A lot of this was true." <laughs> and that's, uh, so okay. it, it's really that that tongue in cheek almost. But I loved it. I don't know if the actual base story is true based on true events type thing. Okay. But if it is, then it's almost a cautionary tale of things that happened a hundred years ago that are repeating it's like history is repeating it's a reflection take a look but if they are not true and it's just made up then it's flat out doing it as a world war one setting for the story but hey you know what this is really our society today we're just saying it here so it gets past the censor type thing so i'm not sure which it is but there's a lot in there that you're like, oh my God, that's current. That's things that are happening today. But so it was just a weird, interesting movie. I I thought, eh, okay, we'll go see it. There's not much else out. But I loved it way more than I thought I would. It was just different and kept my interest and funny. And the story was Wonderful. great. The acting was phenomenal all across the board. And it almost felt like an independent film. It was even, even with the stellar cast, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, all around it was just different sides to it. So, I highly recommend it. I will always go see the superheroes and the Star Wars and all that. those, will always, but this is one of those that's off my usual path. That I'm going to go buy the Blu ray as soon as it comes out. Wonderful. So. Funny, Colleen and I will not have a chance to go see movies like for the next two weeks because I'm in and out of town and then we're going to Halloween and stuff. But while I'm out of town in California, visiting mom is a two, three hour thing a day. And then I have all the rest of that time. In the past, it's been really working on the house, getting it cleaned up, ready for resale and so forth. And now that's like in the offing. We actually have the house being worked on currently to get it ready to go on sale. And so I'm like, what am I going to do without having the run of the house, a kitchen to cook my food in and stuff? And some part of how I'll be taking my time up is 
you know, that, thank you very much for the film recommendation because I really want to go see good movies. I think you I really like that, that The cinema experience of, I don't want to be interrupted. I don't want to go out and go to the bathroom. I have to give myself over to something for two and a half hours and plan on it. Just immerse myself in, and it doesn't have to be Black Adam, which I probably am also going to go see. It doesn't have to be a spectacle. It really can be, wow, this is so well done. The dialogue is great. The characters are great. I don't know what's going to happen next. It's it echoes, like you say, you know, there's a great quote, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And it sounds like that's what they're trying to do here is that yeah. humanity is what humanity is. We have the same problems over and over again, because, and we just kind of, now we have different weapons or the borders have changed, or it's ladies and gentlemen have substituted for each other because the intrigue is different now. I'm really curious. And I love recommendations from people whose taste I respect, because it isn't going to be like, what is the lowest common denominator movie critics say? I want to hear oh, if it kept your attention and you really enjoyed seeing it. That's what I want. It's so. definitely, go, it really needs to be one of the top movies of the year come the final tally. But man, we've been going to the dollar days because uh, he's working part-time right now. So we get uh, a Monday or Tuesday, two different theaters. One's $5 Mondays, one $5 Tuesdays. See what they're Wonderful. showing, what we have time. Yeah. But man, the people that go to those are not really the moviegoers that are uh, understand it the lady yesterday when we went her phone rang six times and she had it in her purse and so it's ringing for three minutes before she digs into it and pulls it out fumble it out yeah we kept looking at her and colin said i was about to throw it (laughs) i'm like oh my god how do you not turn We've talked about this too many times, but it doesn't change. Colleen and I, one of the things that's really affecting how much we enjoy a concert, a movie, a comedy club is people, it isn't just people talking to the screen, like where you know that's an experience that certain people have. They pop up and down to go to the bathroom, get another drink, answer their phone, have they check their email. So the oh, phone is blowing in the middle of the yeah. I have kicked the backs of the seats. I have said, turn your phone off and then when they don't say turn your fucking phone off louder because it's just it's not right to be able to be so rude that you affect other people's experience to have paid the same money and the expectation of being in a big dark room is not to have your light on in the middle of it it's keep the place everybody so i manners with cell phones mm -hmm. would cause my grandparents and great-grandparents to have an aneurysm Uh, i hear you that we were watching a movie and someone's phone lit up. It, that would, it's so rude to them. That would, they walked up to check out at the grocery store, still talking on their phone. Those right. types of things my grandparents and great grandparents would not have put up with. That's, that yeah. is a no. There are certain rules to society and you act a certain way because we're civilized and mature adults, but exactly. people don't care. I've only been to a couple shows now where they actually like take your phone away and put it in a locked up thing. Now at and the latest one was Amy Schumer at our Toronto Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, and there were all kinds of people grumbling in the crowd. Even though like on the ticket it says there will be no phones, et cetera, et cetera. They announced all this stuff way in advance. You didn't have to buy a ticket if you didn't buy also the rules that went with the ticket. And everybody was really complaining. It was like that's exactly who these rules are for. Because yeah. you would not have been able to resist pulling your fucking phone out 10 minutes into the show. You couldn't have given her your full attention for the hour and a half. You would have spoiled the show for somebody yeah. else. 
Man, so, I'm glad I bought these $40 tickets. Let me check my email because there's oh. going to be an essential email that changes my life that cannot <laughs> be answered two hours from now. I have to respond. Yes, my kid is at home and asking me where the Fruit Loops are. I had better answer. Yeah. It's, I don't know that I've ever seen addiction so demonstrated every single day as much as I have with cell phones. They've designed it so that it reaches that little burst of serotonin. Oh my God, someone cares that I exist. There's a surprise. I don't know what it's going to be. And it's been that way in the past. People really did addictive behavior type things, gambling wise or drinking, that they need whatever their needs are. But after you're addicted, it isn't what you started doing when you needed it. Now it's the addiction itself is what drives it. And seeing how people are unable to, to not constantly be on the phone because they're like any addiction, it takes more to get you off each time that it happens. So if you were once able to check your phone every 20 minutes, then it comes 15 and 10 and five and two. And like it, you're really, and when you go into withdrawal, that you're getting like really nervous and shakes and you're angry if someone tries to interfere with your precious, my precious. I need yeah. to, it's weird to see it demonstrated in so many people and in so many ways, they can't stop driving. They can't, they're walking down the street, paying attention to their phone and like bumping into poles like we've laughed about. They are, it breaks my heart. Part of what Colleen and I love doing is go for a walk in the woods and to see people, they're in the middle of this cathedral of beauty and they sat down for a moment because they had to check their email. And it's not only adults, it's the kids. And they're not enjoying this whole thing around. They're determined to get pictures. And I understand that we took our share of pictures, but the ratio of we stopped Whenever there was really a beautiful scene that was memorable, not just, I'm going to document all of this, or I can't not take a selfie with me, and then what am I going to do? Block the path, because I'm maneuvering to take the selfie of this waterfall. I guess the next 20 people are going to have to wait while I figure out my phone one more time. And so just, there's so many ways in which it's now just accepted to be, you're not thinking at all of the people around you. And that's not right. You know what I mean? I'm happy for you having your phone. You and your phone together are not worth 20 people's time that you're blocking the trail on. You must be aware that this is a pinch point in the trail. And if you were in the middle of a field, you could take your sweet time because people could easily get around and past you. But that's not how it is. Well, people are walking their dogs and not paying attention to like their dog is ahead and already in the street. And then when they come out of their reverie of being in the phone and they yank, the dog must be going crazy with. It used to be better. They used to watch what I was doing and we walked, we did the walk together. And now I'm continually dealing with their lack of attention. Yeah. Oh, and, oh. And like you said, I don't get it. I've seen those people. We're out. Oh, festivals. Festivals is another one that and I've gone to a couple festivals with people, a little fairs, street fairs, where it's like, oh, that's nice. Click and move on. It's like, did you even look at what you just thought was nice to take a picture of? Well, you remember it, or you go look at this photo 10 years from now and go, I have no idea what that is. Uh, who cares then that you took a photo? You don't need 3,000 photos and no memory. And It's really true. And, yeah. and I just don't get the people that will get mad at you. I texted you 10 minutes ago. How come you didn't answer me? I was busy doing something else. If you text me, if you send me an instant messenger, if you send me an email, I'm not going to instantly jump on my phone every single time. It can wait. And I will do that. 
And I lose my phone so often. My son makes so much fun of me because he's like, <laughs> how do you lose your phone? You use it constantly all day. I'm like, yes, I use it for work a lot. When I'm not working, I've got other things I'm interested in. My phone is, that's job, that's done. It, it, I've set it down and we check on the, you know, by where your phone is, find my phone and the map. Right. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> How did it get there? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember putting it down there. I don't yeah. remember. I must have. Let's see. I took the leftover avioli out of the fridge and I put the phone in its place, apparently, because there it is on the top. And stuff shelf. like that. Yeah. So, I guess that maintained its battery life because it's nice and cold. Anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Al? You had some issues this morning, and but you, um, had, you did say you caught up with shows. So what's been going on? In brief, because I really do want to spend only that amount of time on it. One of the things that you and I have had as a theme over the course of our doing this thing is, as technology comes into many aspects of our life, the ability for a human being to be involved in it seems to be less and less. And that's vague. What I'm trying to say is, I want to take care of all kinds of things online, because that way I can do it in my own time. And I can make sure that I know before I hit submit, I really did check my spelling. It isn't somebody misspelling my name wrong or transposing digits in my social security number, whatever else it might be. But what happens is, when something goes wrong, with even though you try to do something carefully, it's really hard to get a hold of someone, at, at, not only in real time, but at all, to fix what's wrong with tickets at Toronto's Just for Laugh. Fix what's wrong with the delivery of stuff that got shipped, and it was all done online, but now there really is a human being that's going to drop a pot off on somebody's driveway, and is it going to go okay, and what's the right time? And it's been very frustrating lately to have to deal with i know that places are also cutting costs because hey the more that we can do it that we've set up the system that has prompts on your phone or things on the net but then when they have a contact thing and you have to like dig four levels deep into contacts to find a place that i could actually call or send an email and then it's not in real time and so i'm i saunder where i stayed in toronto we had it was not to our satisfaction and they offered me some a rebate and a free cleaning in order to not have me be really and they've told me that they paid me for those things now and i checked my accounts and it's not in there and so they said we should check with your financial provider they're not going to tell me anything other than what i just did which is look in my accounts and oh, see okay. every single transaction that's come into my account and no it has not been presented so now i i don't want someone cheerful telling me again provider. Now I have, and now what do I have to do to escalate? And what, one of those things that I don't want to spend time on this, I want it to be done. I want it to be done that they know that it's my satisfaction mat that matters, not, well, they know they sent it. I got, I, here's the dates that you just said you sent it on. I checked those dates and the amounts and it's not there. And so what do we do next? Not tell me to check it again. You know what I mean? And so at the, that plus how many other examples of I really am happy for my being able to do things at one in the morning when I'm ordering something for Amazon. I don't need to talk to somebody on the phone. I'm really pissed that there's no way to get a hold of whatever, however they design their help systems. When you get to, here's your five options on the phone, and none of those seem to cover it. And then you say, well, let me just talk to the operator. I'll explain, and they'll be able to route me to the right person. And then they've made fun of this for 30 years. You go into phone help. You're going through this series of getting shuffled from person to person, 
and you just hope to God that it's not going to go click because they dropped your call instead of trying to get you. And I've had that sad situation, that concentration of those kinds of things where I have more important things I need to be doing. I'm flying out tomorrow at six in the morning. I'm padding everything into place here. I don't want every one of these things to end in frustration. Then I'm going to handle it out in California where I don't have my stuff around me here at my wonderful desk. I'm down to my laptop and my phone. And here's hoping I have everything in the cloud. Here's hoping that I, it's just. It, I, we it's had a situation similar to that. On my father's death certificate, they marked as complications of COVID because he was still recovering from COVID. And even though it was a heart attack and breathing issues, those were exacerbated because of the COVID. And it was, a, it was just part of it. But because it was part of it, then their, FEMA offers a reimbursement of $9,000. And we didn't know about wow. that. But the guy at the funeral home said, yeah, I'll send you a link. He sent me a link. And we got on. I said, oh, OK. Now, my mother is a technophobe. She gets so scared. Even back in the day when I was mm. 10, she didn't understand how to play Space Invader. So that gives you her level right there. And she said, can you help me look at this? I said, okay. And I clicked the link and I'm going through the page and stuff. And I'm looking all over. I'm like, where's the form? And I'm like, I, there, where is it? Right. It's a phone number. You got to call and talk to someone and they'll help you walk through it and set it up. I'm like, well, that's weird. <laughs> and, I, and she's like, oh, I'll do a phone call. I can call somebody. Okay. But she was so nervous, she didn't even see that. And I was looking for something else. So my blinders were on. And, right. and I'm like, why the heck? Probably because they want to do a lot of verification. They're not just going to throw 9,000 at everybody. But I was just, that was very interesting that I expected it to be a form. Yeah. And because we're both enough coders, consultants, people that do these kinds of things, when I see an interface that it's, it really shouldn't be that I can't find this in, to digs. I should be able to go to a search function and say, where's the contact? You know what I mean? It should be every time that I have to do, well, the National Mensa website has some things that are pretty well hidden. And I get, wow, I really know what I'm doing here. I've been here before and I can't re-find it. How badly designed is this that it didn't stick from the first time that I found it in Triumph? You know what I mean? That you're in Mensa and you can't figure out the logical sequence of things to click on to get there. <laughs> exactly. Or just if it's sometimes I give feedback because I always am. It's not only me in the world. It's if I can say a little bit of here's how I would have done it. Maybe this will help. And you know that you can't be the only person that's offering. this, And yet something is not changing for one and two and three and five years. It's like they really don't care or they don't have the knowledge to change it in the way that it really would be, put your most common things first. Alphabetize every list so you can scan it and find something quick. All the things that you learn from, we, we, we so geeked it up last time. Everything you know about how to handle data is well represented on multiple different screens. And so when it's, no matter how long the list of countries that something might be, you might want to put your two most common choices like United States and United Kingdom at the top so that people don't have to go down to you and get past Ukraine yeah. and Unite and Virgin Islands and whatever else it might be. And I'm not kidding. I just saw this recently. Ohio was down the list and it was out of alphabetic order. And I, how do you let that happen? How many pairs of eyes have had to see this and said, 
it can't be that Ohio is after Oregon. You know the alphabet, right? You have to know that this you is know, right. You know how these technical <laughs> projects go. You get the higher ups that say, okay, we have this project. It needs to do all this and it needs it by next week. You're like, but it's going to be this. Yeah, we need all those things. Then you do it. They're <laughs> like, but you didn't do this. You didn't tell me I needed to do that. It needs done by Thursday. Rah! Then it's right. like all these things are broke. You said it was done. Well, yeah, but checking it is part of that. Jeez. Part of going into production is that you knew that you got 90% of the way there, and now we're in maintenance mode. And sometimes maintenance is adding all the features that you said should be there in the first place. But we had to declare, I'm in production on October 15th. We're live. Regardless. You- <laughs> yeah. it, you're talking about all of this. One of the things that I do that's been a pet peeve lately. So Marvel Comics have a digital code in them, 95% of them. And you can take that digital code and add it to your online library. So you have the physical copy and a digital copy. And a digital, yeah. And I've been doing this for years. I have whole runs of stuff, both physically and digitally. I can go read it. And that's I don't want to pull it out or dig it up if I want to read it. Sometimes I don't get to these things for a couple months. Or I wait till a whole run's done and I'll read through. So I just pick up my tablet instead. It used to be you would go to a page, put in the code, and hit submit, and it would just add it and keep adding them onto that page as many as you put in. Then you get done, you hit finalize, and it puts them all in. Then they changed it. So you had to go to a whole different page, fill out a 10-part form with your name and this and your email, and put this in, then put the code in, and then you had to choose from a dropdown what comic it was, and then you had to choose like where it was from, then you had to get send in a picture. So you had to take a picture of that page and a picture of the cover. You had to upload right. those separately. To verify that you really own the thing. Yes. Okay. Then once you submitted it, it went to support and you had to wait for them to get it and send you a code that you can then go to the other page and put it in to get added to your library. I'm like, who thought of this? Why is this a better system? Honestly, that's not user-friendly. That's like user-hostile. It was I mean, horrible. It almost Remember back when they used to have copy protection schemes that were so crappy. Look up that it would make you, I'm not using your product. I'm, I'm, uh, oh, my God. Wow. I, I subscribe to Comixology, which I know isn't everything out of there, but I get enough to read that I do that. I just was offered Marvel Unlimited, and I'm like, I really wouldn't mind having more current stuff and everything like that. But every time that I go and look at the sample, the teaser that they have, it's, this is a miserable experience. I want, if I'm going to read it on my tablet, I want it to be that the page fits on the tablet at a reasonable resolution, not that I have to move the page around in order to see the full page. And that might be, now that tablets are big enough and resolution has been tuned enough, that's not. But when they first did it, it was like, how many times are people going to have to move this page just to get to the lower right-hand corner? And page to page, I don't know, I haven't, Colleen and I both, there's nothing about reading a book or a comic book in physical form that needs improvement, except the convenience, like you said, of I have it now that I can carry 500 issues with me because I've got access on my tablet. And yet making it that getting to that point is that onerous, all the crap that you just talked about, that is not just a matter of scanning in and going. Comic book collection software has it that you can have a scanner that looks at the barcode on the front page. I mean, you yeah. don't have to type in 10,000 issues like you used to have to. You can really automate, not automate, 
speed up that process incredibly by being able to go with the code has all the information that you need. Right. I'm sorry that they've, because of sales concerns, have taken a step back. And what happens is there really are reasons that people shouldn't be allowed to steal. There's a whole new way of thinking that people think digital content, everything digital is free. Yeah. It's not. Somebody still has to like, so Netflix as you had to find a way to make it so that there wasn't Netflix sharing of individual logons. And I guess comic books might be suffering that same thing of one guy buys it and then distributes the code to all of his friends and they lose how many? 10 sales because of one well, sale from a guy but, that- But once you uh, redeem the code, it's done. It doesn't redeem again. I've tested it. I've tried it just to see. <laughs> to put and, it in twice. Yeah, okay. and it won't okay. take it. Uh, so so I don't interest. understand okay. other than control issues and worse, is how often I'm peeling off the little labels so I can get to the code. It doesn't peel off and rips up part of the code. Or uh, oh. there's I've gotten quite a few lately where there's no label there at all. There's no code. And I have the contact support for that. Every You can do 10 a week and get the points for it. And out of the 10 I pick, I put them, I go through my stuff, put them all in order. And then every week I take the next 10 and because yeah. you're limited by that exactly yeah. out of those 10 almost every week there's one or two where i have to contact support and get a new code and then it's get your right because yeah. you bought the thing and you should get the digital copy as well Way and, more, yeah, cumbersome and, and what's funny is i know that they have people that are studying to make sure that it isn't just selling to the masses sometimes your product is enough of a niche product is for a specific demographic Go with the stereotype of that and make it as easy for them as possible. And that way you don't just get compliance. You actually get raving fans. Like, man, it was the easiest thing in the world to get both a physical and digital copy. And everybody should be able to do this. Somehow they don't seem to have the empathy or the insight to be able to say, who is our biggest fan base here? If we're selling cookbooks, you don't sell it as if it's a mystery novel. You sell it to cooks and cookbook people. And can't think of things offhand, but I know I've had examples of, did they not think at all? It used to be, this is, I'm, I'm in the field for a long time now, 40 plus years. Who are your users? What's your use cases right. that say, this system will be used by administrators and data entry people and report generators and whatever else it might be. And the mode that you might go into has to be different and tuned to each of those different places instead of having each one of those kind of get lost in all the options when they don't need to see all the options. Maybe that's fading away. Now they're trying to do one interface to rule them all and in the darkness bind them. And, well, and they aren't differentiating between these things anymore. I don't know. I think they're, they are trying. I, I think somebody thinks that if we're giving them a free digital copy, we're losing money. Not really. That's right. not how that right. works. But part of the reason I get the comics is because <laughs> I get both the digital and that. And I like the physical. And but here's the thing. Let me tickle your OCD for a moment. So besides this problem, which is one thing, and continuity is okay because it kept going, it's just cumbersome. Oh, and not all their comics are doing it that way now. <laughs> so that makes it worse. Wow. But okay. for a while they decided somebody must have said, we're losing money. And instead of getting a code for the comic you were holding, it was a code for some other comic that they were promoting in some way. For three months, lots of my series are missing three issues because that's when they changed it. And, and so it sucks 
I'm like, okay, do I go pull those three issues out? To or read do them. I buy these three digital so I have a complete run here? And right. that, Couldn't do it like, okay, you get what you're used to. And an additional thing, which is the promotion. No, they substituted the promotion for yeah. it. That's thing. They used to always do the comic you were holding and an extra one. Okay. And Wolverine movies coming out, so, or Logan. Here's Logan number one to read. But then every comic I had, it was the bonus was Logan number one. So I only got it once. Right, so you can just sing the promo every single time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Ugh. So anyway, you watch Werewolf, which I know... Exactly. So let's go to the fun part of Geekery, exactly. I yeah. did watch Werewolf by Night, and it does the thing, the Marvel usual intro is starting, and then it gives you a... And it goes to black and white, so that was funny. Okay, and it right. had the... And, and the slashes. And that's right, the slashing and stuff like that. and. I thought it was good, but not one of the things I don't want everything to be an origin story, but I also don't like to be thrown into the middle of things and have, wow, I recognize some of these characters, but not all. I would like to have just a little bit of backstory or a little bit of relationship between various different things. And man's thing appeared without, see, I just, what's this? Who's this? Why this? And just, I don't know how they would do it. A little vignette and then come back a little voiceover to say, Whoever knows fear burns the well, main things done. There and are ways like to that. do that as a writer in story and include right. it without it bonking you over the head. There are ways to do that. But I really kind of like that. And I think that's because I'm coming from the heavy Star Wars days when there was so many things in Star Wars that we talked about for ages and the right. little things in the background. So I'm more very comfortable with, I don't know who all these people are, Let's find out. Let's watch. So, and, and so I get, I am likes that, but then when I'm at the end of the episode and I still haven't learned, that's not right. You know what I mean? Okay. Maybe it is. It, yeah. And if it would have been, hey, episode one out of 10, then I'm like, all will be revealed. I'm happy to wait. I know that it's going to be good paced as to how they're going to do this. The fact that it was thrown in as a one-off special and so many things were left up in the air, I just, I was dissatisfied with. Okay. I would have liked to know a little bit of every one of the monster hunters a little and like some of the casting, like I thought whoever played Elisa Eliza Bloodstone, she really looks like how they portray her in the comics. Yeah. Like, and not only from Bloodstone, but there was a great series called Agents of Atlas that was all kinds of like minor characters that they put together to be this monster fighting, but and also secret agent e type stuff. And so the interrelationship between all that was really good. And so I was thinking but those aren't all those characters, so that's not, it's not a monster interpretation of Agents of Atlas. I thought Jack Ryder was not the right guy. Really? I just didn't think that he was good for that. I am so, like, he didn't sound like he should to me. Okay. In my head, he always had almost like a southern twang or a good old boy voice. He didn't have the accent that he did, and he didn't have the I thought that he was like a simple guy cursed with this instead of being almost like so it's like a count from an Eastern European country that's been cursed. It, I found the casting inappropriate and he's the main character. Oh, okay. and so I don't want to have my preconceptions be that I, I wasn't going to, no matter who it was, but it just was jarringly different than what I expected and I couldn't get past it. And I can appreciate that because you read the comics and know the character much more than I do. So right. from my viewpoint of knowing just a little bit about it, 
you know, different perspective on viewing that. That's my first big introduction to some of those characters, really. Yeah. A different viewpoints because of experience, definitely. Exactly. So it was still good, this, you know, as usual. Special effects, good. Plot, relatively good. You know what I mean? It, it had enough that I'm like, oh, I want to see more. Yeah. But I just, it, it wasn't fully satisfying as compared to, I'm um, still digging the prequel to Game of Thrones, the House of the Dragon. There's still really great characters and really great drama going on and that whole generational warfare, nest warfare between siblings. There's just all kinds of good stuff going on there, and I'm really looking forward to seeing. Okay. And I think I mentioned this last time. It seems so much more like George Martin is involved than the last couple seasons right. of the previous one. Right. It's like the writerliness of it, the good vocabulary, the real understanding of human nature in all of its odd forms, that people aren't only noble, they've got flaws. People aren't only evil, they've got virtues. Right. And et cetera, et cetera. I'm really seeing that he has quickly the ability to like have a whole character there, not just a cardboard cutout. And I really like that. I like seeing people not only having conflicts with others, but having internal conflicts as to don't know what way he's going to go. Is he going to choose good or evil? Because he has right. aspects of both. But anyway, so I... Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing is one of Colin's all-time favorite characters. And he was okay. ecstatic, thought they nailed it, did a really good job. What do you think of Man-Thing? I thought a mystery by that meaning they didn't explain well he's Ted Salas from the Swamp Thing equivalent a super soldier formula that made him he's the guardian of the nexus of realities I don't think that was mentioned in the that he really is in the comic book he's mindless he really is shambling swamp creature instead of having a sense of humor or trying to communicate grooted him up a little bit, gave him limited yes, communication absolutely. so that you think he's got a consciousness in there. I don't think that's true from the comic book. In the comic books, he really is just a reaction machine. Yeah. But he looked great. He looked appropriately tubery faced and swampy and stuff like physically imposing, shambling, bigger than everybody else in the room. The fact that they even included him, I'm always amazed and amused by wow, that's like not a major Marvel character, and yet they're finding that he's good for this project. Yeah. So they're bringing things in like that, and I and like that's, that. That was one of my comments after watching the whole thing. And now I'm curious to go see what some of the comments are from people who knew the characters or were fans, and people who weren't, and what the differences might be in thoughts. But I also, for using the minor characters that a lot of people may not know about and aren't big in the world, I think it's perfect. Let's find a story that works with both of them so we can include them. And that's, I love it. Do that because just having the Avengers battle everybody and win all the time. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So yeah. I thought that I like the cool. fact that it was a little bit of Agatha Christie. Okay, let's lock some people in a, and then there were three, uh, and uh, 10 little Indians type thing. They're going to have to stick around. Here's this garden they're going to fight it out in. They have varying different motives and stuff like that. Secret society. You don't know who's on whose side and how this all came to be. So all that aspect of kind of a tontine made large, only one gets to survive and therefore win everything, the bloodstone. All that was the standard trope, and yet they played it out well. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm taking this as a test bed of them saying, look, we have Disney Plus streaming. We can put content on there because they have the like, I am group little vignettes now, the short <laughs> thing. 
what can we put on here that people will enjoy? So I look at this as almost like a beta. Okay, let's see. They don't know these characters. They're not in the universe. We haven't mentioned them. Let's see what people think of it, how it comes across. And maybe they're going to learn from it. Maybe I would, if they came out with one of these a month and kept that going with different characters, they're going to get better. Some are going to be better. Some are going to be worse, obviously. What's very interesting is that's so much what Marvel Comics has done. They have the regular, the big 12, let's say, of what they have going on. Then they have seasons where the series where they just say, let's give it a try. Maybe it'll run 18 issues and then we'll decide if we're going to keep it going because it garnered enough sales or whatever else it might be. And they had tryout books like Marvel Spotlight, which is indeed Werewolf by Night and Ghost Rider. And we can just start naming them that they had a good idea, but they weren't going to commit to it being even like a six or a 12 issue series. They had regular tryout books that they just everything and they look for blips in sales to say oh there's more interest in guardians of the galaxy than we knew or something like that so i like if uh, kevin Feige, it's funny now that we've been introduced to kevin if he's the guy that has a really good feel for what made marvel so ascendant in comic books so good that this is one of the things they're going to do tryouts and not and funny to geek it up, Google has always been like this. They don't have endless meetings to come to the perfect solution and do it and commit to it. They are the internet. They try things and they do a whole bunch of A-B testing and they like they build in feedback loops so that you can see what works better. I'm not myself committed to, should this thing be on the left or the right? Should it be blue or green? Should it be busy or simple? And they let the public say, this is what people find out that they're using it more. You know what I mean? It's a more successful version of it. And I hope that Marvel's going to do that, that they're not only putting these things out there and hoping that they're saying, what was the viewership? And they have things nowadays where they can be like, well, did people click away after five or 10 or 20 or an hour? When did we lose them? And then what was going on the screen that would be, what can we tune for future, not based on character and story, but just based on What's the right length of time? Is it a yeah. half an hour episode instead of an hour or whatever else it might be? I, I don't want to be like spied on demographics, but you know that they're watching that kind of stuff. With yeah. the, the click through and the click away rate are time honored stuff for the internet forever. Ever since they first started doing, how do you get attention? How do you keep eyes at your page? What makes it sticky? And I so, hope if that's what Disney is doing, that they're not like Netflix, where Netflix will drop eight episodes of a show <laughs> and then three hours later say oh it's a failure cancel it we're not doing it anymore <laughs> what yeah i think i'm not sure about this but that seems to be sometimes in service to what's the best way to tell the story then instead of cramming things into a two-hour movie they'll say we'll make eight one-hour episodes and that's the way it gives us cliffhangers at the end of each episode it gives the characters a chance to grow a little bit all that kind of stuff but it is very frustrating when it's like thought that was a commitment and then you find out that they're not making a season two it's yeah but you made me you bastards you fooled me into loving them and now i don't get more but she hulk daredevil that so much of what she's done is a little bit of bringing elements of the marvel universe in and not having everything be serious it's obviously a, a funny comedy character driven type thing and especially the last that everybody's seen the final episode no sorry spoiler time yeah, you know, whatever she was doing to break the fourth wall, 
she literally does. Literally. She steps out of Marvel Splash. Anyway. It, it, it's that Mad Magazine feel. <laughs> making fun of what is in everybody's world. That She literally is on the screen where all the little scrolly blips are to do stuff. And she punches it out and goes to another one. She enters it. Exactly. That is you can't do that. That's not right. But it was so perfect for her. And then she visits the boardroom. And I thought that was even funnier that here it's a fictional character and she walks into the boardroom and they're all just, oh, hi, how you doing? <laughs> exactly. Here we are supposedly controlling your life. And she's like, I don't like the life you're writing for right. me. We're going to make some changes. <laughs> Besides all the fourth wall stuff and the comedy and just the direction it went in, what I loved the best about that episode was that there never was a big final confrontation in battle. And they it didn't fail to an explosion. Exactly yeah. that. It was, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was great, too, because that subtly is making fun of all the other ones, that we always have to have a big battle, and they didn't. Not at all. They just skipped it. <laughs> then went That's right. Again. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was John Byrne in the comic books that did a lot of the She-Hulk stuff where she was indeed like breaking through the panel and stuff like that. And again, Kevin Feige, whoever the various different showrunners are, they read those same things and they had affection and they said, let's find a way to bring that in because that really was uh, a breakthrough way of storytelling that it wasn't, this is only unreal, that it really is, I don't know, and Marvel used to do things way long ago where they had pictures of Marvel's creators like in the bullpen. You got to know Saul Brodsky and Jack Kirby and Stan Lee because they're sitting there at their desk at their artist's easel and that kind of stuff. And I, so that was an interesting way of personalizing it, that it isn't only that these characters exist in the universe and we're writing all these stories, but when they first had Stan Lee, not only doing the cameos in the movies, but appearing in the comic books, various other real world aspects where it's like Spider-Man swings by Marvel Comics office or something like that. Right. But Mad Magazine did this often where they, so it's cool that they took that trick and said, we can do that in movies too. It's an affectionate thing. It's a way of being able to bring in Forbushman. Irving Forbush was supposedly like Marvel's janitor. And then in Not Brandat Comics became a superhero with a kettle on his head and wearing long johns and stuff. And about the absurdity of, we know, we know this is not real. <laughs> we know that this is just comics and we're going to make real fun of comic book conventions because while we're writing it, we can a little arbiter of taste on our shoulders going all right this might be too far this might be ridiculously unbelievable and then they speak to that so i've always loved spoof things like that and, and for all the people that are not whatever with she-hulk i thought it was perfect it was nicely timed for something different it brought in daredevil it it started the sprawl secret war and secret invasion or whatever exactly which we which i'm sure a lot of people don't realize yet <laughs> uh, and it brought and it surprised everybody with Hulk's son. That that wasn't weak, and that was pretty amazing. Scar making an appearance, exactly. Yeah. And I just read somewhere that at one point they weren't just going to bring in Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. They were going to bring in like Edward Norton or not look like a Bill Bixby esque animated, yeah. and just like they did multiple Spider Man because now the multiverse is leaking. Yeah. They were going to have multiple versions of the Hulk. That like, would be cool. So that would have been amazing. A little bit disconcerting, but it, yeah. 
who knows what led into them not doing that was it story was it actor negotiations was it hey we just didn't have time who knows well, they did have the little <laughs> homage to the old hulk series at the beginning there that episode, right. which i thought was pretty fantastic i loved yeah. it yeah. and i know after doing something as serious as moon knight or okay is this guy really insane and there's a lot of death and stuff like that maybe they needed the roller coaster it has to have peaks and valleys yes. it has to have the mosaic that they're building that's how Marvel always was, that they had some things that were dead serious, and other things that were comic relief. And sometimes it was the same series, depending on who took it over. Justice League was not always fighting Starro the Conqueror and dead serious stuff. Justice League International, my Keith Giffen, right? And whoever was like, Mar Martian Manhunter is addicted to Oreos. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> they had, they, I like when they give people a chance to say, we don't know how it's going to work out, but you have the title for a year. Do whatever you want, John Byrne. Do whatever you want, Keith Giffen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, yeah. Wonderful. And the last week's episode of Andor, I don't know if you've been watching that, was fantastic. It was really good. They were a little slow at the beginning. There were a lot of buildup, but this episode made up for it. And um, down at the comic store, they just got in an X-Men 109 with the first appearance of Guardian. And that's one of my... I'm like, I'm looking at that going, how much is that? Very cool. I'm well behind on all kinds of things I want to catch up on. One of the fun things about going to California for the first time this time is going to be, I'm not going to be in the house and having to be beset with what are all the things I have to address myself to to get things packed and cleaned and whatever else it might be. So while I'm in my little extended stay America, I could easily binge things. Not only on my laptop, but I'll get myself my Roku box or a Chromecast throw it up onto their TV. I'm sure I can find their HDMI port. Now, that'll be me at my most geeky is, how do I attach things here so that I know it's going to be okay and then I'll be able to dismantle it and put it back to it's working again. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? So I don't wreck the TV for the next user. Yeah. And One of my major accomplishments this past week was mm -hmm. showing my mother how easy it is to move her Roku stick between TVs and how easy it really is to get the Hulu or something because you already know how to use the Spectrum DVR. This is no different. And look, it's custom chosen what stuff you want, and you don't have to spend time recording. Exactly. Yeah. Especially that, like that, that she's the one that owns the stick. Her stuff is on it. When I go over here, it isn't that the TV is different. It's that the stick makes it all constant. That You plug this in, and this right. is your little repository. That's You did her a good service, man. Yeah, and she was so nervous about it because she's like, oh, I don't know how to plug it in. I'm like, nanny. You plugged in the DVD player all by yourself. It's the same thing. That's all it is. That is my big accomplishment for the week. <laughs> great. All right. As usual, a great episode. I, like I said, I'll be out next week. We'll probably will do, I'll do my Tuesday remotely from California. We'll, we'll see what I've been able to get up to. There's a couple of mental meetings. I'm going to see a couple of movies. We'll do a review of Black Adam. Almost certainly I'm going to see Black Adam. Yes. Um, Amsterdam is now on my list. Very cool. We always have good things to talk about. It, I'm bringing along is. a whole bunch of books. Today is Colin's 22nd birthday, and he's got friends coming, and we're getting tickets to all go see Black Adam next Monday. Very so, cool. Yep, okay. I'll definitely be able to make feedback. And I am thinking of that, too. I'm going to see Black Adam, but not like Friday night when the whole world is there. I'm going to go see it Monday afternoon when it isn't. I want to see. I just laughed about this. Some part of Colleen and I wanting to stay away from the worst of the I don't want to vax. I'm a smoker and a drinker and a bad driver and a bad phone user. Some part of how we're responding to all that of just staying the hell away from a bad element 
it's starting to seem like we're old people. We're going to four o'clock golden corral type things instead of exactly. And I don't want to do it, but that's some part of it is I don't want to fight with people in the theater anymore. Yeah, I don't want to all of that. And so that's my guess is I'm going to start time shifting so that I have the place more to myself. The other people that are there are like crazy like me that they want to get an uninterrupted performance instead of everybody's been out drinking they were out tailgating and then they came to the movie oh what a delight for all of us you know what i mean so i hope that monday night will be a better night than trying to see it on opening hey real quick before i sign off i did watch halloween ends which is the last halloween movie of the trilogy jamie lee curtis and okay supposedly of the whole series especially the way it ended but it made me appreciate the middle one of this trilogy more because I see where they were going with it and tied it into the end a little bit. And I really liked it. I know a lot of people are complaining about this, that, and the other thing and don't like it, but I ignore that because you hear that with absolutely everything now. But I was like, wow, this is actually a pretty good Halloween slasher flick, especially because a little spoiler alert is Michael is not top form anymore he's old he has some trouble moving and getting back up and interesting okay yeah i was like huh and there were a couple horror tropes that they blew out of the water so okay like wow that's not the unstoppable engine he doesn't loom suddenly out of the darkness okay very interesting all right this whole trilogy i felt was fairly worthwhile to watch even though i'm not a big slasher film i would say if you're interested, definitely watch the first one and then watch this trilogy, and you'll have a much better positive at, uh, respect for the Halloween movies rather than watching all the middle stuff. Okay. You know, it's I would not be a good like Netflix movie reviewer because what are 80% of my reviews? Three or four stars. You know what I mean? Like, I hardly right. ever have one where it's like, oh my God, I wouldn't scrape this off my shoe, and I don't often have a five. Sometimes I really love things un- unreasonably. But most of mine are like, it was entertaining, good enough, three or four. You know yeah. what I mean? I just, I wouldn't be able to guide other people just by my ratings. I'd have to be like, if you're looking for this, then this is a good one in that slot yeah. of that type. But just by my ratings, I got a big skewed distribution of <laughs> everything is pretty good. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I'm ready to be entertained. <laughs> I do not recommend the movie Dark Harvest to anybody. It's probably one of the top three worst movies I have ever seen in my life. So bad that they even had some scenes out of order that you could like, it's wait a second. And you realize that when they edited it, they put it in order and left it. So and they just write, everybody has their favorites. Kevin once challenged me to go see Hobo with a Chainsaw, like yeah. Rutger Hauer's last movie. And he said, it's I'm, I'm, I don't want you to see it, but if you really want to see how bad things can get, you should see this movie. And he was right. It was terrible. It, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just every performance was bad. Every special, it just, and yet I sat through it because I wanted to be able to say, I've seen Hobo with a Chainsaw, cautionary tale. Nobody else should see it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about this next week, but I went to the reformatory Halloween. Blood Prison. I think I saw a post from you about going to Blood Prison. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll talk right. a bit more about it, what I like, didn't like about it. Sounds great. Later, okay. Man. Take care, Stephen. Bye-bye.
This has been the Relentless Geekery Podcast. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review. Give us some likes. It would help a lot. Check out our website, RelentlessGeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page, Join the Conversation, and go check out our YouTube page, where we have the video of this and other episodes. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.